Ducks fans. Are you ready? You are listening to the Ducks and Pucks podcast with your hosts, Mike Walters and Eddie Jones. This is the number one home for Anaheim Ducks talk and analysis. Here we go. All right, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, uh, Mike Walters, along with my co-host, Eddie Jones. We took a week off. Uh, Eddie and I both uh, went out of town uh, for the, the past week, and now we're back uh, to get you caught up on some of the action. Obviously, there hasn't been as much going on uh, in relation to the Ducks in the last two weeks, but there's been some other news as far as uh, some of the coaching news around the league. Uh, we have some of the hockey tournament news to talk about, and, of course, the Stanley Cup with Pittsburgh squaring off with the San Jose Sharks. Um, but we'll get to the Ducks first here with some coaching news. A, a little bit came up today, Eddie. Uh, the name Randy Carlisle came back up and, and appears according to uh, TSN that it looks like the Ducks are going to interview Randy Carlisle and it's expected to happen today. Uh, I, I guess I'm not really surprised. I mean, you mentioned him before in, in a couple articles and, and we talked about it on some other podcasts too uh, about him possibly coming back and he was the number one vote in, in the poll that we put on too uh, of of people that of the coaches that people wanted to bring in. So it's not really a huge surprise. Um, I mean, it's a little bit surprising that the news came out this late and that they're deciding to interview him uh, this late into the process. Uh, I don't know how it works and you know how, how they decide to interview who they who they want first or or last. But you know, I I don't know how I really feel about this. I mean, we we saw what happened last time and and how ugly I guess the ending was. Uh, when uh, Bujo was hired and, and Carlisle was fired uh, way back when. And, you know, um, he is kind of the, the kicking-in-your-pants kind of coach, and, uh, you know, that might be what the Ducks need right now. But, you know, do you want to risk possibly uh, the you know the, the relationship that him and uh, Perry and Getzloff have might still be a negative one? Uh, you know, I'm not too sure how that's going to work. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest issue, Eddie, that you mentioned uh, amongst, you know, all the fans when – Articles come out on Randy Carlisle and we post them. And that's the, you know, the number one comment or number one question I get is uh, him being a recycled coach. Uh, obviously, some people say yes because he led the Ducks to the Stanley Cup. And then other people point to him not getting along with Perry and Getzloff, which is what you mentioned and, and I mentioned too. And I believe the last maybe two or three podcasts we've kind of talked about this now. And I think that is the issue. Um, that the Ducks are going to have to figure out if they did do the interview today, which they, they said that they would. I'm sure that that issue came up. And I don't know where it stands with Perry and Getzloff in the relationship with them. Obviously, when he left, it wasn't that great. Uh, the team is completely different now, as we've talked about. You know, There's only a couple other players left from back then. So maybe things have changed uh, enough to bring him back. Um, I'm not really a fan of recycling coaches. That's never been my thing. As far as the process goes, too, Eddie, I, I think you mentioned this last podcast. The Ducks may be taking time. I mean, we saw um, the San Jose Sharks knock out the St. Louis Blues. We remember Hitchcock was you know, mentioned. Now we hear that he's already got a deal locked in for another year with St. Louis, and he's saying that might be his last year, so you can take him off of the table. And we saw Pittsburgh take out Tampa Bay, and obviously nothing's, at least that we've heard, is going to happen with their coaching staff. So... I think it's getting down to the wire here. I, I really don't see too many other options. The only other one that came up, um, which was a couple of days ago, and you really know this one pretty well because it's basically in your backyard, is uh, Dale Hunter with the London Knights. So what do you think about him as a, another option? I think if he actually wanted to come back to the NHL, he would be a great option. He's he's a similar type of coach in a way to Randy Carlisle. You know, he's a he's a stricter uh, uh, coach in his approach to, to how he deals with his players. Um, 
you know, the, the one time he did come in, into the NHL, it, uh, it didn't really work out for him. And, and he didn't get fired from the Washington Capitals. He actually just decided to leave. He didn't really, you know, I, I, he just didn't really uh, enjoy the, the whole NHL coaching experience from, from what I've what I've read and what I've what I've looked up. And you know, he he's been with the London Knights for so long. You know, he, he, him and his family they they own the, the the London Knights. So I I think his ties with there are just too strong, and that's why he ended up going back and. And obviously, winning uh, the the Memorial Cup this year, which is the the second in in London's uh, in London's history, uh, you know, it'd be hard to see him leave. But I you know I think he would be a good option if, if he wanted to come back, and, and the Ducks were you know looking in that direction. Yeah, I mean, I think he kind of has some of the similar uh, characteristics. Uh, you know, if you're looking at uh, Randy Carlo as well, you know, he's been known to be tough on the players. Um, he's you know was tough on Ovechkin. One of those games in that 2011-2012 postseason, he only played in 14 minutes. You know, he's really big on team defense, and he doesn't like when players, uh, you know, don't back check as much, especially the star players that, you know, only play offense as much, which, you know, that's been a criticism of Ovechkin, you know, over the seasons as well. That's also kind of been a criticism of Corey Perry as well. So, um, I mean, the big issue is if he'd want to do it, which, like you said, I, I really don't think he would want to do it, but... I don't think he's that bad of a choice. I mean, he, I mean his record, and I, I mean, I know it's not the NHL, but his record is 641 wins, 254 losses, and then 65 either ties or overtime losses. That's how they still do it in the OHL. Uh, you know, the NHL only does um, just the one category. But I mean, he's a quality player. He's no nonsense when when he played. Uh, he does the same kind of work ethic and and team play uh, as a coach as well, Eddie. Um, but I, I think you're right. I think he's going to stay. Uh, over in, in your backyard, basically, because uh, as you said, he's co-owner of the team. Yeah, uh, I mean, it would be great, like I said already. But I mean, with that win record and with all the ties he has with London and the and the team, and you know, they're, they're still going to have a good team next year. They always seem to to ice a pretty good team year after year. And you know, as much uh, as much as we like to see another name thrown into to this uh, to this mix of uh, of names we've already seen been thrown out there. Uh, I think you just you can't really scratch him off, but uh, from all the reports that I've read, it, it doesn't seem like he's interested to come back to the NHL at least at this point in in, in his career. And you know, this kind of leads us to an interesting fan question we had. Uh, we were going to do the podcast last week, but we decided to hold off. And one of the fans asked us, you know, what would you, referring to you, Eddie, and me, uh, do as far as if we were the GM and you know picking this coaching situation or whatnot? Uh, if you look at the choices that are out there, the ones that we at least know that are out there, you have Randy Carlyle, obviously. Uh, we mentioned Dale Hunter as well. Before that was Luke Richardson. Uh, we heard about Mike Yo from Minnesota, uh, Travis Green, and then internally uh, McLean and Trent Yanni. So those are kind of the field that we got now, unless there's something else out there, which you know may come because we all know how Murray is. He pull out something out of the hat sometimes and some, you know something can pop up but of these candidates if you were Murray you had to pick out of these candidates and I guess you'd have to assume Hunter would be in or not but is there any one of these guys that you would say Eddie okay this is the guy I'm gonna go with for next season if I had a choice, uh, I don't think I would have fired Bruce Boudreaux in, in the first place. Uh, I, think, <laughs> right. I think I would have rather kept him around for another season and maybe saw who was available then. Uh, right. But if I'm picking from the from the guys who are available right now, um, I, I've been a big fan of Travis Green since uh, since I've seen him, you know, become available and, and his success with Utica in, in the AHL and 
Uh, you know, I'm a big fan of, uh, of the young coaches coming up. Of like uh, what I've seen from John Cooper since he's uh, been up with the Tampa Bay Lightning. What I've seen from from Jeff Blashill. Uh, you know, uh, I, I think it would be great for the Ducks to get a, a younger guy in there. Uh, um, but you know, uh, another option too uh, that that is probably a close second for me is that I wouldn't mind seeing Paul McLean uh, take over at least for one season again. Maybe you know, not really in a, an interim coach role, but you just sign him to a, say a one or two year contract, and, and you see how things work out, and and maybe some other names become available. You know, at the end of next season. You know, and I, I agree with you partially. I, I think if I was Murray and I was in his shoes, I would go with the same two candidates as you, Eddie, but I would flop them. I think I would go with McLean over Green. I, I know you're big on Green and the youth movement. For me, it, I mean, we've talked about it. It's a little bit of a risk. I think for me, too much. I would, I'd rather stay internal in the organization, and I would go with Paul McLean. Uh, but I do agree with you. I, I think if they were to go with him, I wouldn't sign him to you know a four or five year deal. I, I think you're right. You go with maybe a one or two year deal and see what happens in the next year or two. Uh, like we said, uh, Hitchcock's doing one more year at St. Louis, uh, but that doesn't mean anything. You know, things change all the time. He could be available in a year. Um, we also don't know. I mean, it just all depends on what happens next season. There could be other teams that perform poorly during the season or, or maybe you know a first-round exit or something like that, another coach becomes available. But if I'm going by this limited pool of the people that you know we know that are out there for sure, uh, that's the way I would go, Eddie. So similar to you, but I, I would go with the internal option first. Uh, if not, then I, I, I would go with probably Travis Green next. Uh, you know, A lot of the stuff I've heard about Mike Yo is, is not too great. Um, Luke Richardson, like we talked about, there's some, been some red flags there with him not getting picked in Ottawa as the, the coach and the assistant coach. Uh, and Dale Hunter, we just don't know if he if he wants to do it or not. If he if he does, then that would kind of change my picks. Maybe I would like to have him up in there. But as far as the ones that we know that are in, that's the way I would go, Eddie. And I, I think that the Ducks, you know, I don't really think there's many other options out there. I mean, is there anybody else out there you think that the Ducks could you know try to pick up uh, around the league or maybe in some of the minor leagues? You know, Sheldon Keefe was an interesting one uh, from the Marlies. Uh, uh, they had a successful season until they got bumped from the playoffs by uh, the Hershey Bears a, a couple nights ago. Uh, he was one of the the younger coaches that that were I mentioned earlier in an article that could be available. Um, I, you know, I haven't heard too much on that ever since they got bumped, and I'm sure the uh, the Leafs would like to keep him in, in their system, but. With uh, Babcock in place for for this uh, from up to possibly the next decade behind the Leafs bench, uh, there's not much room to grow there, and uh, he could be a possibility. But other than that, I mean, barring a, you know, we've we've seen Mark Crawford and Guy Boucher both go to Ottawa, so uh, you know, the, there's only really the Ducks and the Flames looking for coaches right now. So other than the names that we've mentioned, unless something comes up, I, I you know, I think that's about it right now, and. You know, with the, the interviews ongoing, you would ex- you would hope and, and expect a name to to be announced soon. But I mean, we said that two weeks ago, and we're still waiting. Yeah, and, and you know, you were the one that brought that up too. You said in the last podcast, you know, don't be surprised if we don't hear anything in the next couple of weeks. And you know, here we are, Eddie. Uh, nothing's happened in the next couple of weeks. You know, we we talked about the draft coming up, um, the free agency coming up, and. Uh, mentioned how it could, you know, still go over into June, and I mean that's what we're going to see right now. I mean nothing's going to be decided in May, so maybe in June the decision gets made. Uh, Travis Green also is going into the running for uh, Calgary as well, uh, according to TSN. So he's going back and forth at least between those two teams as well, 
And um, that's really it that's out there. I, I don't really see too much else going on unless somebody out of left field comes. I mean, this is kind of what we have to work with. So if you go on the, the blog and you check the latest article we posted about uh, Randy Carlisle talking with the Ducks today, if you go on there and you go on that article, all the names are listed of these coaches. And there's articles on there with analysis uh, you know, as to how we feel about um, if they're a good fit or not. So you can go in there and listen. And, you know, if you haven't listened to the last podcast, please do, because in the last one, we do run down most of these candidates. Uh, you know, obviously, we added in Dale Hunter, and then Randy Carlisle's name came up again officially. So we put those in there as well. And we'll just have to follow it and see what happens. I mean, I, you know, I'd like to see someone picked by the next time we do the podcast, the next week or two, Eddie. But I think you hit the nail on the head. I think Murray's taking his time. And not really making a rash decision. And right now, why not? I mean, we have the Stanley Cup final going on. And after that, there's not too much happening. So, I, I, you know, it's, it's nerve-wracking. You want him to make a decision. But at the same time, I, I don't mind him, you know, uh, doing some homework on this. Yeah, and, and you would you would think with the draft coming up near the, the end of June, and if he hasn't made a, um, a decision by you know the second week of June, you would you'd probably expect it to, an announcement to come after the draft with you know that him and, and the management crew and everybody shifting gears to 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 the draft and lo- and either you know maybe deciding what, like we mentioned before. Uh, trying to move up in the draft, a lot of people are looking at Edmonton's pick uh, for Matthew Kachuk right now, or or another player up near that top of the list. And you know, we mentioned guys like Botnin and Anderson who might up be might be up for trade. So, you know, if, if uh, it will be a busy off season for the Ducks, and if not, uh, no coaching decision is made uh, before the draft, and you might even have to wait until uh, till after the you know the main first few weeks of free agency are done to to hear a, a name be announced. Yeah, and that's exactly what I think might happen. You know, is uh, might not come till either right before the draft or right after Eddie. Uh, kind of seems like what's going to happen, unless, like we said, uh, this pool of uh, coaches we see right now is uh, what Murray's looking at. And he's going to make a decision. So, like we said, we'll keep you up to date as as more news comes out. You know, I've, I'm watching it as things come up and putting it out there. So, with that, we'll kind of shift a little bit of gears here. There's, you know, been some other hockey still going on too, Eddie. You know, the the worlds went on, and uh, Corey Perry was the captain of Team Canada, and Team Canada ended up going all the way they beat team finland for the gold uh 2-0 and Corey perry became a triple gold member which uh you know is uh, only the third duck to actually do it uh, behind scott niedermeyer and uh, chris pronger yeah and it was actually a, you know a really good tournament to watch we uh watched arguably the two best teams finland was undefeated into in going into that game and, and canada had only lost the one game uh, to, to finland for nothing so you know, arguably, arguably the best two teams of the tournament faced off and it was a really close game. I mean, Canada opened the scoring uh, with Connor McDavid getting his uh, first goal of the tournament, which was obviously a, a good time to get his first goal. And, you know, they sealed it late with an empty net goal and, and just played, you know, an all-around a, a good game. I mean, it, it was the team everybody expected to, to win the tournament with a team full of NHLers. You would you would expect them. Uh, Finland surprised a lot of people with a really young roster and, and was able to go far. But... You know, it was, a, it was a good game, a good tournament to watch. Perry uh, obviously joins the Triple Gold Club. Uh, I believe he joins Scott Niedermeyer, too, as the only uh, only player ever to to win the Memorial Cup, uh, World Junior Gold, World Championship Gold, the Olympics, and the Stanley Cup. So, I, I mean, that's a, I mean, pretty much everywhere yeah. Perry and Niedermeyer have gone. They, yeah, they've, they've won everywhere they've gone. So, that's a great achievement for him. But, you know, on the back end of that too, he was also left off the the World Cup roster after uh, having a, a pretty decent tournament, scoring nine points in, in ten games. 
Yeah, you know, and and that's coming up next. We're going to see you know the World Cup of Hockey come up here in September. It's going to start on uh, September seventeenth, and depending on how the uh, the final series plays out, it'll go either through uh, the 29th of September or uh, that Saturday there on October first. So that's how that's going to play out. What did you think about Perry not making Team Canada? You know, uh, obviously Getzloff's on there. Uh, you know, I've heard you know different things. You know, obviously some of the fans are still upset uh, with the way Perry played against Nashville in the playoffs this year, and and they're asking, you know, where where was Perry? Because here he is, he gets nine points in ten games against Team Canada, and then he doesn't even get you know one goal in seven games against Nashville. So, what do you think? Do you think it uh, it's the way he played in the NHL, or, or do you think that uh, Team Canada is just loaded, or what's the deal, Eddie? Uh, I think it it's kind of a mix of both. I, I think uh, he's obviously one of the top right wingers in, in, in hockey, and um, you know it, it's just that you look at the buildup of the team. They've guys, they've got you know superstars, and obviously you know, Crosby and Taves and Stamkos and Giroux and Tavares. They, I mean, the the team itself is stacked, and then you you know you work your way down through the lineup, and you've got a, a couple guys on there like. Uh, Duchesne and, and Marchand, who was a, a surprise selection to the team, and you know, you think they would. Uh, when you look at the buildup of the team, they're they're picking the obvious guys, and then from there, they're just kind of getting some some speedier guys who obviously still have some skill, and and it looks like they're going to go with speed on the open ice, and and you know, that's something that Marchand brings to the game over over Perry. Marchand had a great season this year too. He scored uh, in thir- in the thirties for goals this year, and. Uh, he had a great world championship, so I, I know I think he just he earned that spot over Perry, and I think that's just what they're going for. I think they're going for a little bit more speed on this team. You know, obviously putting Duchesne on, who had a good world championships as well, and um, I'm I'm surprised, but at the same time I'm not surprised when you actually look up the lineup for for Perry being left off. Uh, I mean, really the only two slow guys on, on that lineup are, are Getzlaff and Thornton. So, you know, in, in the end, it is disappointing for for Ducks fans, but uh, it's not a, it's not a huge surprise. Like, for example, Kessel being left off Team USA. Yeah, you know, speaking of other players being left off, uh, we saw uh, Jacob Silverberg get put on Team Sweden, but then we saw Raquel and Lindholm get left off of that. Which, you know, some people thought at least one of them would make it, and, and we see that both of them didn't make Team Sweden. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think that that was a surprise too, as well, or no? Um, I think more so Raquel over over Lindholm. I mean, Sweden's blue line is, is pretty stacked. You've got guys like Hedman, Ekman, Larson, and, and Eric Carlson as the front three for that, and you've you've got Yarmolson and uh, and Anton Strahlman and, and Nicholas Cronwall on there. So it, it's a really tough D to crack, and and Matisse Ekholm rounded out that bottom. So you know it, it would have been really hard for him to make the team. I think maybe he could have made it over Ekholm, but Ekholm had a really good playoffs in, in, with Nashville. So. Uh, I think he earned the right to to be that seventh man uh, on that blue line, but you know more so for for Raquel. Obviously, uh, Silverberg ended up making the team, um, and and that was good for him, and he had a good season. But I, I think Raquel, you know, he might have deserved a spot. It, it's a really still a hard line to crack. You've got some great forwards on that team too, but you know, disappointed to see him make it. I, I think we we you know we would have put some money on seeing at least one of them on the team. Yeah, I agree. I, I thought at least one of the two would have made it, but. Like you said, I mean, some of these teams, you know, they're really loaded. So it's going to be a fun tournament. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. The other Ducks players that have made it, uh, Ryan Kessler's on Team USA, Sammy Votnin's on Team Finland, Frederick Anderson on Team Europe, and then you have John Gibson on Team North America. 
And, you know, explain this to me, Eddie. Some people ask me this question. What's the deal with Team USA and Team North America? Why are there two like that? And, you know, I mean, obviously we already have Team Canada, but what's the deal? Why is there a Team North America? People are asking, wanting to know what's the deal with this. Yeah, so it's kind of a poorly named team when you when you have Team Canada and then Team USA and then you have Team North America, which obviously is Canada and USA. So uh, <laughs> Team North America is essentially Team, uh, I believe it's under 22 or under 23, but that's essentially what it is. You've got all the younger players. You've got McDavid and Eichel and Larkin. So all the under uh, under 22s or under 23s from from Canada and North America or Canada and the U.S. and they just call it Team North America instead of calling it like Team Young Guns or something <laughs> something corny like that and just keep it within the country. And, and you know, obviously they're calling the other one Team Europe, but that is Team Europe is actually all of the uh, the other European countries that aren't that, that don't have a team. So I believe Russia has a team. I believe Finland has a team. Sweden has a team, and then say you know um, Kopitar. Yeah, and Kopitar will be on Team uh, Europe, so he's from uh, Slovenia, I believe. And then Anderson, who's from Denmark, which is a country that doesn't have its own uh, team, will right. be on Team Europe as well. So they kind of take all those smaller countries and blend them into one team to make them competitive. So obviously, a, a team on on its own, like Slovenia, only really has Kopitar. And when you watch them, say at the World Championships or at the Olympics. Uh, I mean, they they might squeak out a game against a weaker opponent or play you know a tougher team, uh, you know, pretty close. But all in all, they they really have no shot at winning the tournament. But when you put all those smaller countries together, you know, it makes it a little bit more uh, competitive, and and at least all the teams will actually be able to compete. So you can't really uh, at the bat. You maybe you'll will say Canada is a a slight favorite, but you wouldn't be surprised if Team Europe came out and, and won the tournament. Yeah, speaking of that, uh, what do you think? I, I really think Team Canada is going to, you know, at least be in the final, if not win this, uh, based upon what I'm seeing. But, you know, uh, some of these other teams are pretty competitive. Uh, what are your thoughts? Do you think Team Canada goes all the way in this uh, tournament, or do you think someone else is going to be a surprise and win this one? I think Team Canada definitely has to be the favorite. I mean, you've got arguably uh, the best player in the game is Sidney Crosby. You've got Stamkos, Tavares, Taves, uh, Giroux, Gatslaff. I mean, the forwards on that team are great. The defense, you've got Brent, Brent Burns, who's had a great great season. Shea Weber, Drew Doughty, Jake Muzzin. You know, and then in goal, you have uh, maybe the two best goalies uh, in, in the world right now, and, and Braden Holpe and, and Carey Price. And then to round off the three, you have a, a not-so-bad goalie in Corey Crawford. So I think they have to be the favorite. I mean, usually they are in every tournament they get, they go into. I think the U.S. is a, a lot better team this year than, than they've been in the past. Um, and I, I think you can't really sleep on, on that North American team, too. They have a lot of good young players and, and you know obviously mcdavid and eichel and, and larkin and, and even austin matthews who's going to be most likely the first pick this year in the draft uh you know they're going to be a scary team to face and, and they've got matt murray and john gibson in goal who are no slouches uh, in, in the nhl either this season obviously gibson had a great year for anaheim and matt murray's leading the penguins uh, into the possibly to a stanley cup right now so they're going to be a fun team to watch and, and you also got to look at finland too and, and they've had a great year uh, internationally for hockey they won the the under 18s they won the world championship they made it to the final in the the uh, world championships and now they're bringing uh, some of those guys and i believe line a made the team i don't know if aho made uh, the team a couple 18 year olds but they're going to bring in all you know obviously mata and vatnin and and rest a line into that team and, and you know, uh, Renee and, and, and Rask and goal. So I think they're going to be a really good team too. So I think, you know, those are definitely the favorites. But the good thing about this tournament is, is really anybody could win it. I mean, every team is, is full of NHLers. There's a star power on each team. So it's going to be a, a really fun tournament to watch and a little bit different from, from what we've seen in other international tournaments. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I'm, I'm excited to see this, you know, because it's basically like hockey starting sooner. So we're going to see, um, you know, it's not the NHL, but pretty close to it. Um, and it's going to start on uh, Saturday, September 17th. And it's going to go through the end of September, maybe the first day of October, depending on how the final plays out in this, which is a three-game final. So, just, you know, stay tuned for that. Um, obviously, it's summertime now. And we're you know, going to be looking at the draft and, and possible free agency and some trades and some things like that going on. But that's on the horizon, so that's coming up. And uh, right now, you mentioned some of the players, Burns and Murray and whatnot. We've got the Sharks against Pittsburgh. Um, in the Stanley Cup final, we were half right, Eddie. We we thought it would be the Blues, but instead it ended up being the Sharks, and we had picked Pittsburgh. Um, but you know these series were uh, interesting series. I mean, you know Pittsburgh was down uh, three games to two, and ended up pulling that one out, Eddie. Uh, I mean, we talked about it. We thought the series would would go far, but I, I really didn't think uh, it would go seven games. I thought Pittsburgh might have you know finished it in six, but. Uh, you know, as a lot of people know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Pittsburgh too. So I was happy to see them do it. What are your thoughts on that uh, Eastern Conference final? Yeah, when I when I was first going into it, I thought Pittsburgh was going to pull it out, maybe maybe six games. I didn't think any team would win in five, but uh, I think they could have. They were going to get it done before seven. But uh, I mean, Tampa Bay overcame a, a really big scare with Ben Bishop a couple games under Vasilevsky. I mean, I think Vasilevsky played the the rest of the series. I didn't catch a, a yes. lot of the games, but I mean, he played great. Uh, which is uh, which is actually concerning for them now. They're in a similar situation to, to mm. where the Ducks are in. But uh, you know, Drewan stepped up. Uh, Tyler Johnson, Nikita Kucherov, they played well again, and and you know they had no Stamkos, they they had no Bishop and no Strawman for for part of the series there. And really, it was a, it was surprising, and they'd been they've obviously been surprising this whole playoffs and, and being able to go this far without Stamkos, and then being able able to take Pittsburgh to seven games without. Uh, ben Bishop, it was you know uh, a real surprising thing to see, and, and I think a good thing for Tampa Bay, and and it really and their their future is is possibly without Stamkos, and and seeing how far they could go with the team that they have right now, and and not really needing Stamkos. I mean, the only game he comes in, and he's he's probably not a hundred percent in that game either, but they do right. lose that game when he comes back, and I think. You know, uh, with with the way things are going, he's obviously said he wants to stay in Tampa Bay, but uh, I think it's it's a little bit late for that now. No contract's been signed. Uh, they're not going to shell out as much money as other teams, say Toronto or Montreal or Detroit, will to to get a guy like Steven Stamkos. So I think I think that was his uh, his last game in in Tampa Bay. But you know, all all kudos to the the Penguins. I mean, uh, they've been great all playoffs they've they've played some great goalies they've they've you know played amazing hockey uh they've been led by i mean surprise no no surprise in being led by kessel and, and crosby but benino has been great for them so is uh, carl haglin uh, benino actually has 16 points so he's tied with sid right now uh for a second and kessel leading the way with 18 points so uh and, and them having matt murray a rookie in that it's it's been a really good run for them and you know that they, they they stole game one the other day against the Sharks, so you know they're on their way right now to winning a Stanley Cup. Yeah, you know a couple things that were interesting to me in that Eastern Conference Final. I, I really thought when Stamkos played in Game Seven, you know I don't want a Monday morning quarterback or whatever, but I didn't think that he was a hundred percent. And when he you know only played, I think it was thirteen or fourteen minutes in, in that seventh game, and seeing the way he was out there, I mean, he didn't even play a lot in the first and the second period. I mean, he played mostly in the third because they were trailing, uh, trying to come back. But I, you know, I don't really agree with that move. I mean, I mean, I know they only lost by one goal, but 
I mean, Stamkos didn't really have to. I mean, he had a breakaway chance in that game, but he wasn't 100%. You know, I don't know uh, if it would have been different if he didn't play. Because you know who impressed me the most in in that series specifically was uh, Druin, Eddie. I mean, that guy was flying all over the place. There were a couple times that he just took it all the way to the house and and scored. I mean, so, you know, if they're going to lose Stamkos like you're talking about, which, you know, is a real possibility – um, you know, getting one game away from the Stanley Cup final without your starting goalie, um, without a couple other key players too as well. I mean, I, I think they're going to be back up there next year. And and we talked about this too uh, back during the um, the trade deadline. You know, we talked about the Ducks trying to get Druin and would it be too much? And I mean, I'm not saying that we should have got him because it probably would have been too much. But man, if the Ducks would have had him in the playoffs, I, I'm, I'm not saying it'd be the Ducks against the Penguins right now, but I, I think the Ducks might have gotten at least a little farther. Yeah, and, and you know it'll, it'll be key for Tampa Bay to bring a guy like Duran back, and it looks like actually he'll stay, and Stamkos is more likely to go now, which is, I mean, something we we'd be a little bit more surprised to say way back by the trade deadline. But mm-hmm. you know it'll be big for them to keep him, and, and obviously, like you said, them making it that far without Bishop, without Stamkos, uh, it, it, you know, bodes well for their future. And you know, if you if you see a guy like Stamkos go, it it opens up some space for them next year to to or at the free agency to to add maybe a, a guy like Kyle Poso who's going to be available or some of the other UFAs who are available like uh, say Louis Erickson or something like that and and add some more top six scoring so you know you you don't really replace a guy like Steven Stamkos but you add a, a little bit more scoring to that team and and yeah they'll they'll definitely be uh, they'll be back in into the playoffs next year and, and back near the top of the Eastern Conference. Now, shifting gears, uh, you know, going over to the Western Conference, we saw San Jose take out St. Louis in six games. And they they really took it to St. Louis in this, Eddie. I mean, you know, you and I talked about it. We thought the Blues would win. We thought it would go seven games. This one ended up going six instead, and, and San Jose won. Uh, what did you think was the key for San Jose, you know, knocking off St. Louis? I I mean they just scored goals the whole playoffs yeah. they've just scored goals and and they've played some great hockey they've had a great power play and and their their key guys stepped up and and where St Louis didn't I mean Tarasenko fell asleep in that series and I think that was a, a big issue for for St Louis he was been great up until that series and and then he kind of just fell asleep and didn't really get anything going I guess in, until the last game and. You had Couture firing all cylinders. You had Pavelski, Burns, Thornton, Marlowe. Even they were all playing at uh, you know their best hockey, and I think that's why uh, you know San Jose ended up pulling this out. I think I was surprised to see them win it in in, in six. I think they they played a, well a good enough hockey that they they definitely could have won it earlier. But uh, you know I think in the end it really comes down to to uh, St. Louis's key players not showing up, and especially you know the 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 blame mostly rides on Tarasenko for that. Yeah, I agree. I I really think that the the offense for San Jose is what did it. Uh, the power play was has been just you know ridiculous. I think it's uh, when they started the Stanley Cup final, it was around twenty seven something percent, which you know is obviously very very good. And uh, that was really the key. And, uh, you know, the Blues didn't really show up, especially towards the end of the series. I mean, especially in Game 6. I mean, they just weren't there. I mean, San Jose just took them out. I mean, plain and simple. They just wanted it more. And, you know, it's interesting because by the way the two series went, Eddie, you know, each um, conference final series, uh, many people out there are saying that San Jose is going to win the Stanley Cup final. Uh, based upon those, and I and I think we're in the minority. I think it's you, me, and and I saw Phil Hewlett too also say that he thinks Pittsburgh is going to win. I think everybody else from the Register and the Times and all these other 
um, you know, obviously the, the national hockey news too as well. A majority is picking the Sharks. But I don't see it that way. I mean, I watched game one. Obviously, Pittsburgh, you know, dominated in the first period. Sharks come back, they dominate in the second period. And then lo and behold, you know, Bones pulls out the game winner in the, uh, you know, two minutes and, and change or whatever that was left in the game. But I, I know the series is going to be a close series. It's, it's definitely going to go, I, I would say, at least six games. But I still think the Penguins pull this one out, Eddie. I, I think the biggest difference in this series is really the speed of the Penguins. I mean, you look at the Sharks, don't get me wrong, they, they score a lot of goals. They're phenomenal on the power play. They beat up other teams. But some of these other teams that they beat up aren't necessarily as fast you know, as Pittsburgh. I mean, yeah, they beat the Kings, but the Kings weren't as fast this year. Yes, they beat Nashville. Uh, they beat the Blues, who are probably maybe a little bit more faster, but they still had some you know, slower guys on there too. I, I just think that the key in this series, if Pittsburgh's going to win, one, it's going to be a battle of the goalies, Murray and Jones, which we saw that. You know, Jones kept the Sharks in it in that first period. Because, I mean, Pittsburgh could have been up three or four nothing in that first period. Let's not kid yourselves. They were just so dominant in that first period. And then you see the role reversal, and you see Murray. Uh, he gives up a couple goals in the second period, but he keeps Pittsburgh in it, and they keep it tied. So I think the goalie battle is a big thing here. Obviously, the special teams is big because um, the Sharks have been so so dominant in the power play. But I think overall, the team speed is what Pittsburgh has to focus on. And if they play like they did in the first and the third period, uh, I think they win the series, Eddie. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be easy. The Sharks are no slouch. But it's just interesting to see so many people picking San Jose like they're going to blow the doors off uh, Pittsburgh. And I, I don't know if they're not watching the Eastern Conference Final and the other playoffs because I've been watching – you know, especially after the Ducks were gone, I've been watching almost every series, as many games as I can from the second round on. And uh, I like what I see in Pittsburgh. Uh, I really do. And I, I think they're going to do it, Eddie. Uh, um, those are just my thoughts. What do you think as far as the keys in this series and, you know, whether or not uh, San Jose or Pittsburgh prevails and why? I, I think the key is definitely is the, the speed. I mean, both teams have a great power play and, you know, uh, limiting your you know your uh, your trips to the penalty box for either team is going to be important and i think that will be a, a definitely a, a key in this series uh, i mean whoever makes the trips to the penalty box more is really going to be uh, be the the team that pays the most but um i it's a, it might be a weird thing to say but i think san jose should win the series but i think pittsburgh will win the series and I think with the, the amount of goals San Jose has been scoring, I think they should, especially against a, a rookie goalie and Matt Murray. Um, but I just think the way Pittsburgh's been playing, like you said, the, the speed they play the game at, uh, with everybody clicking, I mean, not just Crosby and Malkin. Uh, they've, you know, Kessel's been great for them. Benino, Haglin have been good. But also Brian Rust and Connor Sheary, who grabbed the, the first two goals in the last game. Benino scoring the game winner. I, I think everybody is playing well for them throughout the whole lineup and, and that's not to say that isn't happening in san jose but i think if pittsburgh can keep that up though they'll, they'll, they'll win this and it will still go along i think six or seven for sure but um you know if pittsburgh wins this next game uh, uh coming up tomorrow uh, i mean san jose's in, in a tough hole um you know they found out how, how to win in, at home in the playoffs which they struggle with during the season but you know they're gonna have two really important games where they're gonna have to win both to even up that series if they can't win tomorrow yeah, you know, that brings us to one fan question we had, too. Uh, Katrina brings up this, uh, uh, you know, um, about the rosters for Pittsburgh, which, you know, obviously, uh, you know, majority of our audience is Ducks fans, so you guys know. But this Pittsburgh team has uh, got um, Bonito on it, Haglin, Lovejoy, Kunitz, and then, of course, Colin for, you know, maybe some of the younger fans don't remember. But, you know, 
the people that have been around uh, know that uh, Colin too was on the Ducks a while back uh, along with Kunitz. And, you know, she just asks our thoughts on this. And, I mean, I, I liked Pittsburgh before the Ducks even existed. You know, I've mentioned that before with Lemieux and Yager back in, uh, well, Yager in the late 80s and Lemieux came in in 1990. But uh, I do uh, like seeing these five guys on there. I, I mean, I think it is kind of inter- interesting that, you know, some people brought up the the issue of uh, Haglin and Lovejoy, you know, because, you know, Haglin was on the Ducks in the beginning of the season. Uh, you know, obviously Lovejoy was last season, got traded for Dupree, and now we see all, all this unfold. And so, you know, how happy are they? You know, I mean, they were on a team that they thought was going to, you know, be in the Stanley Cup final, and then they get traded, and now they're on the team that is in the final. So, I mean, it's just a weird twist of fate. But I'm I definitely rooting for those guys in Pittsburgh, Eddie. Uh, you know, I know some some fans uh, are rooting for San Jose because they're like, hey, let's keep the cup in, in California. And I, I guess, I mean, if that's what you want to do, but, you know, if, if – if the Ducks were in the Stanley Cup again, I really don't think the Shark fans would root for us. So, I mean, that's just my take. I mean, I, nothing against San Jose. If they win, then I'm happy for them too and great. But I, I'm not really going to pull for them. I'm, I'm going for Pittsburgh, uh, especially because it's got five ex-Ducks on there. Yeah, like, listen, if you're a Ducks fan, and, and that's not to say anything, but you, you should not be cheering for the San Jose Sharks. You should almost hate them as much if not at the same that uh, that you hate the LA Kings, I mean, come on! I mean, we we all hate the Kings. I haven't met a Ducks fan who 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 likes both the Ducks and the Kings. Uh, and really, the the rivalry is almost the same between the Ducks and the Sharks. And I get that a lot of people hate Sidney Crosby, but I think you gotta hate the Sharks more than you hate Sidney Crosby. I mean, if the Sharks win a cup, there's no difference between the Ducks and the Sharks. We both have one cup. The Kings have yep. two. Uh, I mean, right now, we the, the Sharks don't have a cup. So if Pittsburgh can win this, the Sharks still don't have a cup, and they don't. their, their window's closing too. Uh, they don't have a lot of young guys coming up to replace it other than really Timo Meyer and obviously Couture and, and some of the guys who are there too. Uh, if the Sharks win the cup, like you said, there's only one player I'm going to be happy for. That's Chris Tierney. He's a he's a former London Knight. That's literally the the only guy I'll be happy for. Maybe <laughs> maybe a little bit for Joe Thornton. He is from from my hometown, so I might be a little bit happy for him. But uh, I would definitely like to see the the Penguins win. Obviously, I I, I think as a Ducks fan, uh, I would not want to see the Sharks win the cup and and, and draw even with us uh, in in Stanley Cups. So, uh, I mean, I'm rooting for the the obviously the the former Ducks that you said that are on the team in, in Lovejoy, Haglin, Benino, uh, Cullen. So I uh, you know it'd be nice to see them win. Uh, and uh, you know just a a word to the wise for a lot of the Ducks fans out there that come on guys, the, the, it's the Sharks. We can't really be cheering for them to, to win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> Well, and you know, the other thing too is uh, it happened after the Kings won the first one and the second one. Whenever the Ducks would play the Kings at Honda Center, their fans would even be more rowdy and talk even more trash about, oh, we won a cup. And then, oh, now it's, you know, 2 1, 2 1. That's all I ever hear from Kings fans when I talk to them. Other than a few, I do have a few friends that are Kings fans that are, that are, are you know, hockey fans that are cool people but you know the 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 random ones i run into at the game it's like that's all i ever hear and i'm like okay guys really i know you can do fifth grade math i I hope your teacher's proud of you okay but think about it this way the sharks win you think that their fans are going to come down and not going to say something about that to us too and yeah we can sit there and say we won it first but now they have one too so you just got to think about that. You're going to be listening to them talking trash when they come to Honda Center next season because that's what happens. Opposing fans like to come to you know Honda Center and, and rile us up from not all the teams, but there's certain teams, Chicago, <clears throat> Detroit, L.A., San Jose. <clears throat> there's certain fans from you know those teams. You guys know what I'm talking about. They show up, not all of them, but you know there's a good chance that they will show up and say uh, some trash talk. But you know one interesting thing about San Jose and the Ducks, kind of a parallel, Eddie, 
San Jose won the Pacific Division four years in a row. They didn't make it to the Stanley Cup. They got to the conference final 2009 and 10 season and then the 2010-2011 season. And then the Ducks now are on the back end of doing the same thing. The Ducks have now played you know, four years in a row winning the Pacific Division. Uh, they got to the conference final once out of those four years, and they didn't make it. So it's kind of an interesting thing that the Ducks are kind of where they were at then. And, you know, back then, because there's this discussion about the captaincy and obviously, you know, uh, Perry and Getzloff have been getting a lot of heat. Um, it's kind of interesting to see what's going to happen when the Ducks do, you know, get this coach figured out and, and see what he decides to do. Because, you know, they took away the C from Thornton. They changed it around. They didn't have anybody for a year. They picked captain. They redo it. You know, and they end up winning. I mean, obviously, it, it, you know, it was a few seasons down the road. But I just the only reason why I really mention this is because it's something to keep your eye open for. I wouldn't be surprised, and, and Eddie, you probably agree with me, depending on the coach, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the A's and the C's might get changed come this next season. If they stay the same, they stay the same. But I, I really think that some of those uh, you know, should be changed around, uh, specifically Perry, in my opinion. I, I really don't think he should wear the A. I think it should be given to someone like Andrew Cogliano. Um, he should have it. And, you know, there's been a lot of talk. A lot of people uh, think Kessler should have the C. So, you know, those are some things, I don't know, just they may come up, Eddie. I mean, what do you think? Yeah, like it, it's an eerily similar situation, uh, like you said, to, to the San Jose Sarks um, in, in, from 07 to, to 2011 uh, and, and winning the four straight Pacific Division titles and failing to reach the Stanley Cup final and, and you know, yada, yada, yada. We've heard it for the last four seasons in Anaheim and, and the Game 7s and everything like that. And now with the, the questions and questioning the leadership in the locker room, it's all pretty much the same situation. So, um, like we we mentioned this before, and we we said it depends on the coach who comes in. Uh, we wouldn't be surprised to see uh, you know them just go down to three assistant captains uh, or alternate captains and, and have three of them for the, for the next season, or completely switch it around and having a new captain and let's say Kessler or Perry or Cogliano or whoever the coach ends up wanting, or we could see them go in with the same setup like this next season and see how that works with the new coach and let him decide throughout the season who he thinks should be the captain and then it could be changed at the end of the season. I mean, right now all options are open. We we obviously still have to wait and see who the coach is going to be before any of those decisions are made. But you know, it, it is a is a really similar situation to the Sharks and. You know, like you, I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if the C gets switched around or we go down to three alternate captains for next season. Yeah, it's just something to keep you know put in the back of your mind. Obviously, right now, you know that's you know that's probably a couple months away. You know, before we hear about it. I mean, obviously, there's been some discussions. I see some people in the groups talking about. It. I mean, a lot of it came up obviously right after the Ducks got knocked out by Nashville. A lot of people were you know uh, pissed off for lack of a better term, and I. Totally get it. I mean, I was not happy when the Ducks lost to Nashville either. I mean, we all thought we were going to win and go to the second round and, and most likely get to the Western Conference Final again at least. But, uh, you know, it, I'm not going to bring up old old uh, wounds, I guess, so to speak. But uh, just saying going forward, I think that's something that we're going to have to see. Uh, first off, if a coach gets picked around the draft, get the draft finalized, and then it'll be interesting um, see what happens come you know September and then obviously October when the season starts and, and go from there. Uh, other than that, I mean, there's really not too much that's going to happen um, other than the free agency, which will come up at the end of June, July. We already know. I mean, we've kind of beat this to a dead horse too, Eddie. We know that uh, some of the players aren't going to come back. We kind of you know shared our thoughts on who we'd like to have and and whatnot. 
and I, you know, nothing's really changed on that. You know, we hope that the Ducks keep Lindholm and Raquel. Um, you know, some of the other names that we mentioned in the UFA land is uh, Perron and McGinn. And then, you know, we've talked about this and posted some articles on it too, is the goalie situation, which, you know, that may come up around the draft time too. We're going to have to see what the Ducks do because the, I think, you know, next to making um, a decision at coach, Eddie, I think probably the next biggest decision is who the Ducks really want to go with the net. Um you know, if the Ducks try to keep both, then, you know, if they want to spend the money and they're, and they're able to do it, you know, I don't know exactly what Anderson wants, but I mean, I mean, you have to think that he's at least worth three million at least this season. I, I mean, and I think that that's a fair, you know, if he asks for that, that's a fair amount. So it's going to be interesting. I, I just don't see the Ducks taking both, Eddie. So I, if I'm Murray right now, I don't want to be in his shoes. I, I don't want to make this coaching decision. I don't like all the options out there necessarily other than, you know, we talked about some of them earlier. But uh, the goalie situation, too, I, it's a tough one. Do you go with Anderson? Do you go with Gibson? You know, I, I don't know, Eddie. Uh, your thoughts on the free agency and the goalie situation? Yeah, I, I think you have to move one of them uh, before the start of next season. Um, I mean, the, there's going to be a decision on the expansion process uh, by the end of June. Um, most likely it's going to go in for the 2017-2018 season, which means the expansion draft will happen next year's draft which means you can't protect both goalies, and, and, and this is almost a certain thing now. I don't think you bank on it not being a certain thing at this point. Um, I think if this decision comes before June and we hear that, yes, there is going to be an expansion draft, and yes, you can only protect one of your goalies, then we'll we'll see one of them moved at the draft. And, and I think it's not a bad thing for the Ducks to, to do this. I think we have to move away from having a 1A and a 1B. I think you have to pick your guy, and they either pick Freddie or they pick a they pick uh, Gibson and they decide which way they're going to go in the future and and that gives you a pretty pretty good trade piece uh to to move on either you you don't sign Freddie and you move him as an RFA which still gives you uh, it will get you a good return um or you move Gibson who has uh, who's under a really good contract for the next two years as a young goalie and and he'll get you a great return as well and I mean there's a lot of teams looking for goalie uh, goalies as well I think it's a, a great opportunity for the Ducks to move up in the draft uh, obviously Calgary um, is a team that's going to be looking for a goalie. It's not the best trading partner, obviously, being in the Pacific Division, but they do hold the, the sixth overall pick right now. Um, the Ducks are in need of, of some young forwards to stock up the prospect pool, so that's an option for them. And, and I think the the other big decision, other than the coach and the goalies, is, is deciding if you're going to keep Sammy Votnin or not, and that's something we've we've talked about a lot over the last few podcasts. And um, I, I know I wrote about it too, and, and the possibility of the Sammy Votnin being packaged in a deal for Edmonton for the fourth overall pick, and and you know being able to pick up a guy like Pierre Luc Dubois or Matthew Kachuk from the London Knights. So I think um, that's definitely an option for the Ducks, and really those are the three main things we'll, we'll see you know get done either at the draft or, or before the draft. So I think. Um, you know, if you if uh, you don't have any hockey to watch, you don't have anything to watch. Definitely <laughs> keep an eye on the first round of the draft because the Ducks are definitely going to be one of the busier teams. Yeah, you know, and I think we've all come to expect that Eddie with Murray. I mean, he's always busy. He's busy on the draft day. He's busy around the trade deadline. Obviously, he's doing all this coaching stuff now. Uh, I'm sure he's done enough of the self assessment of all the players and. What he'll do usually, uh, you know, I'm not in his head, and, and it's hard to get there because you know he keeps a lot of things close to uh, close to his chest. But we do know that he's going to go through and prioritize these players. He's going to go through and look at how the season went down, and you know, 
amongst these RFAs and UFAs, he's going to look at them. He's going to do the math. Obviously, the goalie situation, you know, Vatnin, as you said, too, is a huge piece of this. I forgot to mention before you did. Um, and he's going to rank them, and that's what he does. He's mentioned it before in, in postseasons that he goes through and he has a priority list, and he starts talking to people based upon their priority list. So he's going to go down that list. He's got certain numbers in his head for certain players. Uh, you know, he's going to try to get those players, and hopefully, you know, things come together with the ones that he wants. I mean, uh, we assume we don't know for sure, but like we said, uh, Lindholm and Raquel obviously are up on that list. Uh, Vatnin is kind of a wobbler. We don't know. It could be, you know, stay or go, uh, depending on what uh, Vatnin wants. And uh, we've seen the issue, too, of the length of contracts, too, um, come up as an issue. That's why uh, Bolesky and Boschman were gone. I mean, you know, it came down to one more year for each of them, unfortunately. So I, I just hope that does, doesn't happen again, Eddie. I hope that we don't uh, let, you know, uh, Raquel or Lindholm uh, go because they want one more year and we don't give them that one more year. I mean, granted, I mean, I don't think they're going to be five or six year deals, but you know, if, if, if we can sign them and, and say Murray wants a two year deal and they want a three year deal, I, I, I hope the ducks do. And Murray keeps some of those key guys because, you know, to me, Raquel or Lindholm are certainly worth you know an extra year if, if the price isn't too crazy. Yeah, I think it's a different situation uh, with them compared to Bolesky and and Boschman. The, them being a little bit older, being UFAs, um, you know, possibly you don't want to bank on them having another successful season. But you know, with Lindholm and Raquel, they're they're young guys. They're in their early twenties. I, I think. I don't think they're going to argue over a year or two. Uh, obviously, they'll work on the contract for as long as they can. I mean, I remember last year and how long it took for, for some of these deals uh, for Silverberg's deal to get done last year. So, um, you know, I don't expect a decision to be made earlier. I'm sure he set that aside for later on in, in after the draft and maybe even after free agency because, um, you know, they are a phase. You do have time to deal with them. I'm sure he's talked to them. I, I'm sure they have a starting point and, and their agents have, have worked out some, some sort of starting point for, for the player and the general manager. Manager. And you know, I, I I would be surprised to not see them both back with the Ducks next year. And and even if I mean, if, if you do want to move on, you do have the option to trade them. You, you don't lose them for nothing, um, and you will get something in return. But you know, I would be very very surprised to see the Ducks go that route with either player. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think those are the ones. You know, at least the top two that they would, uh, you know, want to keep, uh, especially amongst the RFAs. So that's what you have to look at on the horizon. Um, basically, the coaching is still up in the air, unfortunately. Uh, hopefully, we get an answer here soon. Uh, you still have the Stanley Cup final to watch. Obviously, uh, game one is in the books. Pittsburgh winning that one 3-2. to two. Um, So there's still plenty. There's, there'll be at least three more games. We assume probably four or five. It's going to be a heck of a series. I mean, the first game was, was excellent. Um, so it was fun to watch. Whether you're rooting for either team, I mean, you know, we'll see who wins that. And then the uh, draft will come up here. Uh, in you know in June and the free agency and we'll be back obviously to report on those things we'll see if we're back in a week or in two weeks it really just depends on kind of what's happening um, I am not going anywhere I'm actually engaged in studying for the bar the next two months so I don't have any plans to go anywhere Eddie I've been uh, reading a lot of law for the, <laughs> the last couple of weeks uh, very exciting but I've been catching the games in between taking some breaks so that's where we're at and we'll see you guys hopefully in a week or two uh, whenever some news comes up Otherwise, it'll be on the blog. Check it out, and we'll see you soon. Let's go, Ducks.